0: Hey everyone, welcome to Project Esports for June 17th, 2019. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Nimsgern, for Project Esports each and every week. Alongside me, I have the meme king, Dylan Beale himself, we're ready to talk about some magic, we're ready to talk about whatever else he's going to go on about. And as always, we are going to have an awesome guest host with us this week because James is still out. This week, we have Dr. Drew Schwartz with us today. Um, why don't you tell just kind of a little bit about you? I know we're going to spend some time kind of getting annoyed a little bit towards the end of the podcast but just kind of a short little spiel about who you are why you're kind of here talking with us what you're doing
1: yeah so I'm assuming everyone's like who's this random in here but uh <laughs> yeah my name is uh, Dr. Drew Schwartz I'm a chiropractor in Cleveland uh and I am a lifetime gamer uh and so I got into esports with my blog last year trying to do trying to combine the two so obviously helping people is Kind of what chiropractors do uh, in the medical field but i also wanted to do something in the esports field because i love playing video games i play a lot of PUBG. I play a lot of league of legends uh i tried fortnite not a fan but that's fine um so i wanted to combine the two so i started my blog where kind of i wanted to have a space for gamers streamers and desk workers to have a spot where you know there's information everywhere on the internet, right? So we wanted to have somewhere, I wanted to have somewhere where you could look up like, my wrist is hurting, what can I do to prevent that? My back is hurting, what can I do to prevent that? Uh, I'm thinking about getting a new chair, what should I look for in a chair? Um, so I wanted to kind of get a resource where you could kind of go and have all that in one spot, and so I started my blog last year, and I started... Um, and
0: what's the name kind of that of... blog, and where can they find it?
1: Oh, plugs, nice. Uh, so it's called for the wellness blog so it's ftw blog kind of like for the win but uh for the wellness and yeah you can find me on the socials obviously twitter and yeah. like linkedin i actually do quite a bit in twitter i'm getting back in the twitter train after i was on instagram and that's just twitter's a lot more fun so
0: I, I, i've yeah. definitely kind of gone that way too twitter i mean Twitter's so much easier just to tweet random things about versus Instagram. Yeah. everything feels super prepared but um i was kind of looking over the website i actually have one question you said you're from uh originally from northern minnesota where are you at from there
1: uh so like way up north in a town of 600 people so okay. uh um it's it's called sabika
0: okay or, no, i just know no, i'm from no, western no, wisconsin so i'm like oh maybe there's a chance i've heard of it i know a couple places up
1: there so like in between duluth if you're looking at the maps like duluth fargo and i'm like right in the middle of those two okay
0: so I know the general yeah. area then, so still quite a few hours away from me. But I just love yeah. what I was kind of seeing. There's not many people it's like in It's like
1: three hours from the airport, which is terrible. So I fly home to the airport and it's three and a half hour drive. So it's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, yeah, thank you so much for kind of being on today. It'll be super fun. It'll be super interesting to get to talk to you more about for the wellness and all that kind of stuff later on in the show. when we kind of do a little mini interview. It's something we don't do too often, but the super uh, light news week. So I think it would be really fun to kind of talk more to you about that. But for those of you that do not do not know, Project Esports is a weekly esports podcast that live streams every Monday on twitch.tv slash pop underscore off at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, where we talk about the biggest stories, news, and esports from the previous week. Today, we have things talking about Riot being investigated by California for sexual um what is it not harassment gender discrimination thank you very much dylan um epic game failing to pay competitive fortnite players and a lot more including magic of the gathering again but with that we do not have any major housekeeping today so why don't we jump right into that first story which is going to be that riot story about california investigating them so if somehow you kind of into esports and you haven't heard too much about it A while back, there was a huge article kind of put out, or even a feature put out in Riot Games, kind of talking about everything that's kind of been going on there, the hiring practices, a dude bro culture, all that kind of stuff. And it was a very big deal, and there's still repercussions coming from that, from walkouts, from this kind of talent leaving the studio and all that kind of stuff. And they still haven't really recovered. And just now, it's kind of been put out that the state of California is actually now stepping in and looking at the whole company as a whole for gender, uh, gender discrimination. Um, Kotaku kind of put it out. There's not too much on it still. Um, it's still kind of very early on into this, but there's a lot of ways I can take this. And I think the question I kind of want to ask you is, do we feel like it is to the point that the state of California really needed to step in? Do we think this sets a precedent that we're going to see this more often in gaming company, that it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing? Either one of you can kind of start on that if you
1: have any immediate opinions. Uh, well, I looked. I mean, I looked into it. I'm not gonna lie. I had to look up forced arbitration. Like I was like, well, "What is this?" So uh, I kind of went through that deep dive, and I read the Kotaku uh, article as well. Um, yeah, <sighs> that's tough because you've been hearing – I think the Kotaku article came out like August of last year, yeah, and
0: big
1: one, yeah, yeah. And then it's just it's just constantly like it's it's almost. It's almost been a year, right? And it's still in the news, which is not good. Not good for any company, you know, and I don't know. I, I mean, I honestly don't think that state of California has anything to gain from them making this, uh, like, public, like a a public discord of it, but I think it's something that needs to get addressed, because, I mean, I've read, like, numerous articles on it, and it, it's always the same. It's just like a frat. They said it's like a, a, a bro culture, frat party, whatever you want to call it, and it's that's rough like some of the stuff that we're saying there like you can't say on this podcast so yeah. i think it's a huge change that needs to be made
2: yeah i mean obviously we've been talking about this you know, basically since august of last year like coming up on a year now and i mean i think we had generally the same take um all the way through that obviously this is terrible and even though it's really bad, it kind of makes sense, especially for the the sphere that it's in. I mean, you hear a lot of these same stories about like Silicon Valley in general, that like it is like you hear about like tech bros and stuff like that. And it is, and it is that culture. So, I mean, it's not only Riot, but I, I would say probably a lot of those startup areas have that kind of culture that really needs to be, um, really needs to be changed from the inside. And hopefully with all the issues in Riot coming out, that's going to have a lot of other, uh, culture shifts at a lot of other companies. I, I mean, that's one thing I really hope that we we see out of this. So hopefully, you know, with, with, the, with the state of California getting involved, it's going to get more press, it's going to get more exposure. And this is conversations that, you know, not only are we going to be talking about, um, but employers and then companies within themselves are going to be talking about. So hopefully, it's going to push a lot of other companies to do better because a lot of companies need to do better.
0: I really agree in that. And why, why we kinda of keep kinda of talking about this? There was um an official statement that they kinda of shared with Kotaku, and I want to kinda of bring that in as I was kinda of talking about that. But this is coming from Ride Games. Um it's we've been in active conversations with DFEH, the Department of Fair Employment something. Um since an inquiry began, investigations like this can arise when there have been allegations of workplace disparity and we've been cooperating with good faith with the DFEH to address his concerns. During this time, we promptly responded to the requests and have produced over 2,500 pages of documents, several thousand lines of paid data so far. We also made several requests, um, for participants to call us with their address to request. Um, today these requests have been unanswered, so frankly we're disappointed to see, um, the issue of press release, um, alleging that we've been non-cooperative. Um, we're confident that there's been substantial progress on diversity, inclusion, and company culture. Look forward to continuing demonstrating this to the DFEH. So whichever party is actually being true, if both are being as cooperative, you'd never really know because it's all kind of internal politics and that kind of stuff. But personally, I I think I think this isn't going to be as big and as groundbreaking as we think it's going to be with them really getting involved. Um, I think really there is a a lot of pressure being put onto them to walk out to people in the industry that have really not let ride live it down. Like you said, we've been talking about this since last August. It has not gone off the conversation table since then. And this might bring the scope to a bigger population. But I don't think that's always a good thing. I mean, we've seen when bad news in gaming and esports reaches the public masses, it really just kind of brings that whole idea of how bad gaming is and how unfair and how dirty and all that kind of stuff it is and i feel like that's the only thing this is going to do is to bring that general um pop general population into it. looking down onto it rather than forcing ride to make more changes guys but i mean that's...
2: that's just a side effect though i mean this is a side effect of like them not doing what they should be doing and i mean yeah it sucks that the general population is going to have to hear about you know this gaming company being bad but this gaming company is being bad <laughs> so I mean it's yeah. it kind it, it sucks it sucks that people are going to turn on cnn and you know i might talk to my grandparents or whatever and they'd be like oh i, I heard this uh, the, that league of legends video games is, is it hates women i'll be like well <laughs> you kind don't, of like you're, you not, don't play you're not wrong you,
1: and you're like no i would never play a game with like that
2: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i mean i mean there was a bunch of uh, like this goes back to that forced arbitration but it also goes back to the whole culture thing too is for instance uber like Uber, it was terrible. All the stuff that was coming out, like it was literally, almost, it was for I was like two or three months where it was like almost every day there was some something else just crazy come out of Uber. Yeah, you know, it is, you know, people are going to talk about it's going to look at a negative light and that probably really helped lift, honestly. But at the same time, it's it's like painful conversations that I think really need to happen because otherwise it's just I mean, it's not good. Like I run a business and granted it's not as big as that, but, you know, I have two employees, like I would never, you know, promote a culture like that. That's, I mean, I can't even fathom that, you know? So I think it's a step in the right direction. And especially in California, like you said with Silicon Valley, I think that's going to be, you know, it might take a step for those guys to get in the right direction as well. So I think that, you mean, that was a really good point as far as the Silicon Valley stuff too.
0: Yeah, I guess I, I don't have a ton left with it. I just think we're kind of starting to see it in the gaming industry as a whole and eSports as well, but we're kind of hopefully seeing some of that OG culture kind of finally going away. I mean, when eSports and Riot started, the entire culture and how people were treated and how things were treated, treated geez, um were so much different. I think now any companies that are still like that are being called out, and hopefully those are going away. So I think Riot is definitely a huge game in esports and seeing them be called out and be the big topic for about a year now is definitely going to be good for the industry as a whole because clearly if I mean, Riot can get pulled called out for it, anyone in esports can. So hopefully that kind of prohibits it from happening in the future but that's really only a hope. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I think as shitty as this conversation really is and that it's been going on so long in the long term it is going to be for anything that's calling out um, gender discrimination or anything like that is going to be. But um, yeah. any closing points on this conversation or anything else we want to bring up or kind of talk about? I'm going to no. kind of. Yeah. yeah. I want to kind of leave time. that open if we want to <laughs> kind of get off topic today because it is a very light news story. We're a fourth the way done through our news stories already. So if we do want to go off yeah. on tangents that we normally do, we do have the time for one. I just want to always leave that open if we want to talk about something else. But if not, Dylan, let's talk about Magic to yourself, because you only know anyone that plays All right. it.
2: All right. <clears throat> Buckle up, everyone. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the rundown. I'm going to give you the rundown, and it's we're going to take it from there. Okay, so basically, Magic the Gathering has been getting into esports scene um, because they released a uh, digital card game or digital version of their card game called MTG Arena. Um, it's been doing very, very well, and it's now positioned to compete very heavily against uh, other you know huge eSport trading card games like hearthstone. And so it's been getting into the eSports news recently because they've revamped how their their you know pro system works. So before uh, before there was MTGA, um, basically everyone just played in paper for the most part, um, like the physical magic game. Um, but now they're reworking how that that pro scene works so they're just calling it esports in general so even their paper version they're still calling esports um yeah but they did they're because they're they're considering that all their competitive like all their competitive branches are now just esports just to keep things simple because they really are the same game the only big difference is that one is in paper and one is digital for the most part there's other semantic things but you know if you're physically playing the game that's that's the only difference so they created this thing called the Magic Pro League where they wanted to put players on a salary um, and promote the game and have people on Twitch watch it and follow the league. Now, the issue with it is that it was um, absolutely terrible. You know, it wasn't really a good viewing experience. The format they were doing didn't have really good games. And it has it, just been a huge, huge mess. No one knows how to actually earn a spot into it. It feels It feels like they just, like, took a bunch of pros randomly and just kind of threw them in there. And it kind of is culminating to this point of where recently, um, I guess, famous card game person, Brian Kibler called him out. And I say famous card game person because Brian Kibler is like one of the biggest names in in all card games. So he originally got his fame um, from Magic the Gathering. He was a pro player. He was, you know, he was one of the best. I'm pretty sure he's a Hall of Famer. Um, then he, wait, there, covered- wait,
0: wait, 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 wait the hall of fame for magic the
2: Gathering? yes there is is there like an official
0: um, induction ceremony
2: um i don't know if there's a ceremony but there is you know a hall of fame because it is a very very old game i guess it's, magic been has been going it. on for more than any esport out there so it's, it's a very uh, very old is there like a split in
1: the community between like paper and electronic sort of yeah i was wondering that when you were saying that like if it's paper it's paper more like the old school dudes are like i'm not going electronic and then the other kids are like, what's paper, you know? So it's like,
2: <laughs> yeah. so they did have a digital version called MGG, uh, magic gathering online. So you could play in a digital format, but it was, it was just like not well-designed or anything. Um, and so there isn't a giant split. There is a small one. Um, but most of the split is basically just a lot of people who play MTG arena, um, are a lot more casual cause it's free to get in. It has the Hearthstone model of where you have to buy packs and everything um but there you can't buy physical cards so the economy is completely different i i, I don't want to go into the economy of mtg uh, online because that that old game you can buy individual cards but you can also sell individual individual cards and then there there's a whole bunch of crazy like if you had like one of every card in a set you could trade that in to wizards of the coast and get the physical version so the economy is really weird for that um But yeah, so uh, Brian Kibler, he was famous there. Then he went on to play Hearthstone once Magic had like a little slump, I would say, right when Hearthstone was coming out. It was like in a bit of a slump, you know, um, people weren't playing it as much. And so he went on and played Hearthstone, and he was famous there. He's a famous content creator, which uh, most of the people watching the show, if they know Kibler, they probably know him from Hearthstone. Um, But recently with Magic getting big, he kind of got back into it, and he came out and was like, yeah, the MPL kind of sucks. It's not really all that good. Um, Wizards needs to be doing a lot better about this, and it's it's kind of not great, which is a big deal, because, you know, right now, like, he is, like, one of the big faces of just, like, card games in general, and even Magic. Like, if you think about Magic, you think about him. Like, if you're a casual viewer, like, him and Day9, basically, are, like, the faces of Magic right now and, like, the big, the big personalities. So this is kind of a big deal.
0: So... Oh does the community agree with them i guess if yes so the community does agree with them because like if if a big hall of famer said something no one agrees with them it doesn't really mean anything but if the community does agree with them what do you think are they actually doing wrong then like what can they do better
2: um i don't really know so the unfortunate thing about magic is that Everyone is always going to disagree with what they're doing regardless. Everyone's <laughs> going to think the system isn't good Oh, so you mean the um, online
0: community in the general? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, but this one I mean if you have like because there's been players that dropped out of it because it's not good um, Because they don't like the way that it's run. They dropped so. out of
1: both or they like switch from magic. No to
2: So Arsa. they they drift they dropped out of this this um magic pro league specifically. Okay so they dropped out of that, which is a huge deal because this is supposed to be the thing that um, Magic Pros earn a living off of. Because before this, it was incredibly hard to earn a living by just playing Magic because you had to fly out to tournaments and they were very expensive. And it's really hard to win a, you know, a top eight of a tournament when it's all open and you have thousands of people playing. And like it's a card game, so yeah, you can you can be really good and place top 8 consistently but you know sometimes you're just going to get unlucky sometimes and get knocked out and there's really nothing you can do sometimes
1: yeah cuz i was i was watching a couple of his videos and he was saying something like yeah you can be one of the best players but it's you can get hit by rng pretty hard and even though you know the best player i think he said something like the best player isn't going to always win
2: right but they'll place consistently but sometimes you just get rng you just get you just get screwed yeah you and know? it's it's really bad because if you're you know, you're hoping to win that tournament or place for that tournament because you need a paycheck to pay the bills, then like it really sucks. So this was a way to kind of offset that by you know giving players a way to play the game consistently and get paid for it. And if you're having players go, you know, this isn't good. I don't want to do this, even though I'm getting a salary for it, that's a really big deal. That's really bad.
1: Yeah. yeah. Cause it you know, his video saying something like and I, one of the big points was he was saying there's no like direction. There's no like you can't, like, if you have a favorite player and they're in that tournament, sometimes they won't be featured. So you just can't watch them, period. Right. And I yeah. was, my connection with that is, you know, you, when you build a fan base, you need to have. A connection, right, with a player. I equate it to like the old school. If, if you remember the old Cloud Nine roster with like Medios and High and and sneaking all those guys. Like, yeah, they weren't the best, but everybody loved them. And Cloud Nine, I think that really helped propel Cloud Nine because, you know, you know, they're not doing the best in the in the tournaments or anything like that. But man, everyone loved them. Everyone loved the content they were creating. And if you don't have a connection. Like with a game like uh, Magic or something like that, you're not going to grow a community base. And you're not going to get like the casual observers to, to follow it because everyone's like, well, I can't watch my favorite player. I don't have a connection with them. There's no content. There's no anything like that. So, I mean, what's the point to yeah. watch her?
0: No, exactly. I love that point. And I think. More than even in traditional sports, I think having a personal brand, and I think that's why Twitch streaming is so big now, is that if you're not constantly in the eyes of the consumers, especially people that play a lot of games and spend a lot of time online, you can get left behind and they can move on to a different content creator, different player, something like that so quickly, especially in esports and this kind of video games as a whole because there's always so much in front of you. There are thousands and thousands of Twitch streamers. Like If you're not constantly building your brand, interacting, go to the back. 100 Thieves, they're not the greatest organization in a lot of things outside of the well, Call of Duty World League, really. Yeah. But people love them. They're a huge brand. People talk about I, I them all them. the they time in esports. That's because of their brand and the content they create. So I think that's a great point. I can actually see why that piss off a lot of Magic Pearls. That, yeah, if you're mm-hmm. the best player in the world and not featured, like, what good is that for them? Like,
1: and yeah, it's unlike the player, you know, to make their own stuff, but it's also on the company as well. You know, the company. I don't want to say owes it to the player, but the reason that company's making money is because the people watching them want to play that game and be like them, right? Yeah. So the, I think the company also has a somewhat obligation to be like, all right, we need to help support these guys, get some content out for them. They're not going to get picked up by a huge, like Hunter thieves isn't going to be like, yo, we need to hire a magic person today right so if it's a smaller genre i think they need to have something where you know the the company says you know we need to promote we need to get some content we need to have relatability to these players for our brand to grow as well so
2: So, no yeah and that's that's exactly right because we saw uh, companies like tempo storm like teams like that picking up magic players recently basically just to be streamers they're not picking them up to play professionally like go out to all these events and play They mostly just want them to stream because, you know, like we were saying about the personality, streaming is like the ultimate form of like seeing a player's personality. You just get direct access to them. You get to see them playing, only them playing. And, you know, that's what a lot of teams are investing in is players as personalities rather than just going out and competing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean mean, that's the big thing. Like I use an example like uh, Trick Two G, who plays League of Legends, right? He's like flat low diamond most of the time, right? He's not a master's player, but he's a personality and he's a a content creator that is just crazy and does like insane stuff. It's really fun to watch, but, you know, he's not the best. So it's not like these guys have to go and get the best. You're looking for a good personality to promote the game.
0: Yeah, I I, honestly, nowadays, I think a personality is as as important, if not more than important, than being skilled, especially in games like Fortnite and stuff like that. There are, I mean, you see new people getting into, the, uh like, the World Cup and all that kind of stuff every single chance they get. And some random people win it sometimes. I mean, I remember some random kid beat Ninja in one of his own tournaments and stuff like that. Like, in Fortnite and games like that, there are so many competitive people that if you're not, if you don't have a personality, you're not Twitch streaming and having people want to watch you, unless you're number one in the world, it doesn't matter. He's a mediocre player with a fantastic attitude, or personality yeah. would probably be more popular and do better than a high skilled player that doesn't stream that has no personality for anti-social i think that comes where a lot of the magic issues is is smaller niche esports the personalities matter just as much as the skill that's what get people in the doors and get people watching so yeah
1: i think another point he said in his video was like there's no world champion like how do you have an esport and have no world champion or i think like One of them, I think Magic doesn't even have a playoff. And no. I was like, how the heck do you not have a world champion in esport? That's like, not only big for the sport, but it's big for the person to put on their resume,
2: you know, to get now sponsorships That's how competitive and stuff.
0: things work. Yeah, someone yeah, has yeah. to like win it. Someone has to be the best. So. Yeah, because so,
2: yeah, the way that they do it is, it's basically like a bunch of smaller tournaments and they'll have like four smaller tournaments and then from there they might have qualifiers that lead to a bigger tournament, but it's not the end of the year tournament or anything it's like a constant season that's always going you're always playing magic there's always tournaments it never stops so there's so not like splits, like an lcs where it's like a spring and a summer or no because it's not it doesn't really reflect what you would think of as like a like an esport like it doesn't necessarily work like that so yeah. you do have like things that are like mythic championships they call them there's about four of them a year and you could play um like you can play online and qualify for one of those and play and win one of those but those are very like those are four times a year but you also have other tournaments like um they have big events called magic Fest. so there was actually one here in dc where i live um, where they did have a main event and they had a winner of the main event but it's very standalone of where you just win that event and that's the same for all of these of you might win one of these mythic championships but you don't Build up to like a big world tournament or a big end of the year thing. It's more of just there's a tournament here in DC this month. There's a tournament there in Tokyo another month. There's like all these different tournaments. So it doesn't really build up to anything. It's just like constant tournaments.
1: Would it be would it be that hard for him to be like, all right, we're gonna kind of revamp this? You get so many like each of these would get a, You get like a point system. Like if you won, like um, the Japan the one.
2: They they kind yeah. of do something similar, which <laughs> they might figure it out. They might figure yeah. it out like that. But uh, it, it is really weird because for them, magic isn't about the top level pros and having people watch them. It's about people like me, where I'm not great at the game, like I'm not gonna top eight any tournaments, but I'm gonna go and play if it's in DC. And that's their main driver is the 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 huge like I would say like the bottom tier. Yeah, the huge community yeah. because they want people to buy packs essentially so they're going to try to incentivize people to go out to these tournaments they're going to try to incentivize them to buy cards and to buy packs because at the end of the day they're a card game and that's what they need to do to stay afloat um they're not banking off of uh, skins and games to make money or they're not banking off of twitch views they're banking off of selling real product and so they're going to kind of go after the the general audience which there's There's got to be a balance. I mean, there's got to be a balance definitely for for it, but I think it's going to be a lot of growing pains because Magic isn't a traditional esport, and if it wants to move into that space, they they need to flex and do something different somehow. Yeah.
0: And I think at this point, I think we've talked about this a lot. And I think the best way to at least going forward would it be to look at it in a while and see if they do take away. Right now, we can talk about all the things they need to change, how other esports do and all that kind of stuff, but I think... Seeing, they've been called out, seeing how they respond and what they do going forward, I think is going to be the biggest part of this discussion. And obviously we can't have that conversation right now today. But I think kind of wrapping this up here, unless either one of you have one more kind of point to make about anything kind of going off, because I think, yeah, what I'm really curious about is, I'm actually interested in this. Never thought I'd be interested in a magic conversation you guys have had. Um, But I'm actually really into this, kind of curious to see where it goes. So I think, yeah, maybe following up on this in a month or two after a couple of things go on and see how they make changes.
2: Yeah, I guess I guess the last point I want to leave off on is I really hope the esport takes off. I really, really do, because I don't think I've been a part of a community that was like as great and diverse as Magic, except maybe fighting games. Um, but it's a really awesome group of people there. And, you know, everyone coming from different walks of life is really awesome to see, especially in person. So I hope they make it really good because I want more in-person things like this actually drive other people out there. And you know, one day maybe we'll get you out there, Andrew. Yeah, good
0: luck with that one. Because you know what, a super inclusive and great community to be a part of that I cannot get enough of? The Fortnite community.
2: Oh.
0: You know, it's just so many screaming kids and people getting upset. And it's just everything about that community is fantastic. But no, we're not here to talk about the community. We're here to talk about Epic Games. And something that honestly really surprises me. So an article came out of .esports based off of a reddit post the other day so apparently epic games owes like thirty thousand people so kind of going back along through i'm going to summarize this things to the article the article is from dot esports written by bernardo fiana we'll, we'll post that and everything so we'll check out and give them a click but so apparently Teams like um, Fnatic, TSM, E11, and Team Secret have all claimed that, like in mid-May, they still hadn't been paid for some tournaments going all the way back to February. Um, so it looks like the earliest are pre-World Cup tests and the Secret Skirmish. Um, both were, have not been paid yet. I'm like, okay, not that long. So we keep kind of going down, keep kind of going down. So Epic's updating all this kind of constantly of when payments go out and all that kind of stuff, being super transparent about that. Super cool. So they're supposed to have 43. 43,285 no, 43, payments promised due to professional competitions that start in July of 2018 The company said it has only sent out 4,398 10% of the total with a little over 1,500 still waiting on um, player confirmation to send them and that they still have not put out 37,200 payments 86% of what's promised related to World Cup qualifiers are things to, to still waiting to view um, all of it, take out, play um ineligible players, cheaters, all that kind of stuff. That's all fair game. But the fact that they haven't done 86% of their payments since last year when this all started, and um, they said that any player that earned prize money in the qualifiers – have only 45 days to send in uh, valid information, or if they don't, they just don't get the money.
1: I mean, how do they not, like, when you send up for a tournament, hey, fill out this form so we can pay you.
0: So, yeah, so you're not super familiar with Fortnite. So how it works is that just it's in-game client. So you can just click on the game mode and do qualifiers. And if you make it the top end, then you go on the tournament. So it's all online-based is why Uh, a lot of that problems kind of come up, that they're not land based Like so many other things. But even so. With it being online based. The fact that they've only. Qualified. Or even thinking about 14%. Of their 37,000 payments. Crazy to me. So. I guess. There's a lot of talk about Fortnite. Like hearing this fact. That so many people aren't even getting paid. Because of who knows what. Because of reviews. Up to a year
1: before, like, what are you guys thinking about all this?
2: Sounds like classic esports people not. I was just paid. gonna
1: say that. I was literally that was one of my main points. was like,
2: um, that's
1: esports. So there's that is <laughs> that. But I mean, so
0: we've seen teams not playing players, like these little startup teams promising the world, never paying, all that kind of stuff. But this is Epic Games. This is a yeah. person that has promised a hundred million for dollars. Cash and prize money for, like, esports and all that kind of stuff. And, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, you, you wouldn't see this happening with Riot, I feel like. Sure, there's a lot of payments to all amounts to individual players and verifying and all that kind of stuff, but you're dumping countless million dollars into this, and you can't even get the money to people who should be getting it.
1: Well, I looked at their blog post, and, like, they have, like, a chart. And so it was from the time that they said like in july until april they had paid out like the amount of players was relatively small compared to what they are um going from like april to now right like the numbers were really skewed towards huge amounts of players in the recent ones and the you know, before that, the spring, summer, winter last year, they had had... They paid out, like, decent. Like, it was it was a decent percentage of the players, so it wasn't a ton. But the amount of players from that period until from April to summer is massive. Like, it's not even close. So I can see where the, the percentage gets skewed really bad because the amount of players in that pool was really small prior. But still, like, how do you not pay people? And you're just... Making bank.
0: Dylan, I know where you're about to go with this. Don't go based off of what chat. I just want to kind of hear what you want. I want to ask that question afterward. So, just what what are your initial thoughts on this? Before we kind of go a different direction with it.
2: uh Epic Games bad. I mean, I don't really know it, but the thought is supposed to. Be. I mean, pay pay people. You're a big company. Just pay them.
0: And I mean, yeah. I, I understand. I feel. Or, I mean, do you think the 45 days to get in correct information, all that kind of stuff is fair? Do you think that isn't what they're doing it or unfair? Do you feel like they should have more than 45 days to try to put in information? Do you think that's a fine number?
2: I don't know. I mean, I think you should. I mean, you should be communicating very um, openly. You definitely It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be at this point. Like, you should be communicating with everyone. You should be like, hey, like, here's what's going on. Here's when you can expect payments. We're a big company. We're going to pay you. Like, it it shouldn't be this big of a deal. Like, it really shouldn't.
1: Yeah, I feel like the esports community and even the online gaming community, if you mess up, like, at least if you mess up, be transparent about it, right? And say, like, all right, we messed up. This is how we're fixing it, blah, blah, blah. But when you do something like, for instance, like destiny or something like that when it just got terrible and they didn't no one knew what was going on or what was going to happen with the game or what the progression was going to be you lose players you lose interest and you know people don't stand for that and especially like the gaming community is really passionate so if you're not transparent and you're just kind of like slowly leaking stuff i mean the gaming community music turn on you that's just you know that's just how it is like like own up to like hey we messed up really bad but this is how we're going to fix it and you need to have like not daily posts we need to have like weekly posts like hey this is how we progress this week this is how we progress this week and i think that would help out a lot
0: so the question i want to kind of go off onto this i don't want to take too long on this but should developers be the ones running the east you king brought it up in chat should every company be hiring out to professional event and league organizers like the people that organize the nfl and all that kind of stuff should they be the ones doing it should they be hiring enough staff internally to doing it what is the best way for developers to run their league
2: internally or external i don't i honestly don't know <laughs> the right answer for this yeah. this is like one thing i would say like i don't think i'm knowledgeable enough to know the answer to this which is, a, which is probably a, a Project Esports first of me not just saying things to say things. But I really don't know because it's really tough because I know of a lot of tournaments out there that are run by the community that do amazing things, and they're wonderful, and they're great. But I guess it depends on what the goal is. Is the goal to have really good tournaments that people enjoy? Then, yeah, probably the community, have the community run it. But do you want something that is huge? Do you want something that is groundbreaking and giant and that pays out players a ton of money? And maybe you want the the game developers to be doing that then. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I feel like you know, like you said, if if you want something to be for instance, magic. Like if you you know, if you want something where the community has a ton of fun, then I think that's you know, that's really good. You you wanna have an engagement like that. But if you're into like, look, we gotta make ton of hype we don't want to make a ton of money like you know epic is doing i think you want to hire pros i don't you know that's the classic thing if you, if you don't know how to do something get someone that does
2: yeah,
0: yeah. and i, I mean, totally
1: agree
2: hire gamers yeah
0: and we do see that i mean epic could turn this around i mean they did just hire nate nazar the man that built the overwatch league so i mean maybe that maybe that is them seeing that they're not doing this well they want to take it seriously because they've announced that he will be doing primarily fortnite so, I mean, yeah. they're hiring someone that knows how to build league. So, maybe next year for their esports effort, we see something different. I, I I, like bringing the questions, but, yeah, I just agree that there's a lot of game devs that don't know how to do things right, and there's some that do do it well. I think, the, I think Riot has figured out esports pretty damn well. They do the LCS, the yeah. LEC. I feel like it's all organized. There's not ever major issues and all that kind of stuff. I feel like a lot of that runs pretty smoothly compared to some other esports. So, I think some... Could use help, I think some do it fine, so it's just a question that I I thought I was curious to kind of see what you guys think about internally externally. Like you said, we've seen two examples of people that did not run their leagues well. Magic and Fortnite, and we have Owl and we have legal Always two sides of the same coin. But um anything else we want to kind of talk about this? I mean, yeah, Epic Bad, pay your people figure out what you got to do to get that done. Is there anything else we really want to say about this?
1: No, I think, I mean, right, right with the franchising, I think they did a really good job. And, you know, even, um, between the regions, I think there's, there's a difference between like, look at LEC and, uh, NA, like LCS. I think LEC does an amazing job with their personalities and their teams and getting really cool sponsorships, and i i mean i obviously live in north america but i love watching lec i mean the, just the production just feels so much better i like the personalities more um so i mean like you said i think riot just did a, a really good job and i think isn't i think call of duty's doing franchising it, as well Call right? of Duty world
0: league should be yeah. launching next year
1: so
0: yeah more yeah. Fra- i i i don't think franchising is right for everything I think for yeah. some of these bigger ones, it is. I think Call of Duty should work. I think I will work. But um, franchising is a big conversation. We've talked about a lot, and it's it's right for some, it's wrong for others. So it, it's, it's hard to just say franchising works for everything, but I think that's the answer for some esports, and I don't think it will ever work for Fortnite, though.
1: No, I think Fortnite's going to be something where it's more like um... – like a like a huge community hype train, you know, where it's like huge production and everything like that, and everyone you know, everyone tunes in and watches on Twitch like on a Friday night or something like that. I think that's more of the realm,
0: kind of like what Friday uh, Friday Night Fortnite used to be. Yeah, I feel like that's when kind of competitive and all that kind of. But um, I want to have time to talk to you about this. Still, uh, talk to you about um everything you're doing still. So I want to kind of jump into our last story for the day. Um, and I want to talk about Dylan's favorite thing. Um the military getting involved in esports. he's extremely passionate about this and he cannot get enough of it right dylan
2: oh yeah um <laughs> yeah I get, i'll give the rundown um <clears throat> all right let me uh let me put on my professional uh uh hat for this one i guess so i will just give you the story so this uh this the u.s army has a program called boss which is better opportunities for single soldiers. Which, when they say single soldiers, they literally mean single soldiers—the soldiers who don't have a wife, uh, girlfriend, husband, boyfriend—you know, any significant other at home. And the the program is partnering up with Complexity, who we know in the news, who recently got picked up by um, the company that owns the Cowboys. And so, what they're going to be doing with this partnership is that. They're gonna have two events. So the first is that soldiers are gonna to go to um, the complexity, I think, team house in Texas, and the players are gonna participate in military-style drills along with active soldiers and have a three-day boot camp to train them in discipline and resilience. And the second event is gonna be there's gonna be like this gaming boot camp that they're gonna do across. They're gonna be traveling for for this and doing a mili- uh, like a gaming boot camp uh yeah and it's gonna lead up to like a tournament uh the public isn't yeah the public isn't able to participate in the tournament um and you're gonna be able to watch us all on army entertainment which is a twitch channel that is out there Hmm. i guess
0: i i mean i I know how you feel about this but i just want to see a bunch of esports pros just doing army drills
1: i think that will be entertaining. what i put to i was like man to watch these guys fail on, like, rope ladder or something like that, oh, man, that's going to be good.
0: So, Dylan, you can go ahead and take off your professional hat for a moment. I'd like to speak your thoughts on it. I mean, I, I don't have too much about it. I'm kind of in the middle about this. I know it's a marketing tactic to get younger people in and all that kind of stuff. And I and I, I feel one way or another about it. Um, but I know you...
2: Yeah, so let me let me start off with a positive note, I guess. Um, I think the overall idea of this Better Opportunities for Single Soldiers program is a good thing. I really like programs like this for soldiers. I think we should definitely be taking care of uh, not only our active soldiers, but our veterans as well. Uh, I think that's something that we're com- very, very lacking on in America. And I think you know programs like this are very, very good. But I think this business is really weird, and I don't like it at all. Um, it's really weird to me because we we talked about this before, and it seems uh, very predatory, I guess, um, towards recruitment, um, definitely against uh, the whole idea of like recruitment on this level, especially when you're targeting people who are so young, um people who you know might not know uh, the consequences of the action that they're about to go into um because it is a really big decision and a lot of people decide to go into it and, the military is a good thing for employment. I mean, I think the military is the largest employer of LGBTQ um, plus members in America, uh, especially Americans who are trans as well. So, I mean, there is a definite good thing that is provided to them, uh, to, to all Americans out there. But it is a huge, huge thing to go into. And especially targeting gamers who tend to be a lot younger, you know, in high school, just coming out of high school. It's really weird to me um having like the twitch channel to, to you know reach out to, to people who are so young it's really weird to me and i don't like it i mean we talked about this before like uh the army having a presence at like pax and stuff like that and it's it's weird i don't like it and i really wish they wouldn't do it um even though i really like the program that they're doing I, th- this part of it's i don't like it i really don't like it
1: yeah I, th- I mean i agree it's just it was just a weird partnership for me to see I was like, I mean, I get why the army's doing it. Um, I I get that aspect, but at the same time, like when I saw this, I did like a double take. I was like, why would you want to do this? You know, although I do think it's good. Uh, like the army, the guys in the army are able to go see because they said something about they're going to go see the complexity headquarters and that yeah. amazing facility they get to have. And uh, one of the one of the big things I thought that they had mentioned in there was um, like their mind gym. I think that, you know, that, you know, anything dealing with, with mental health for anybody is going to be amazing. And I think that could be a really good aspect for him. So I was excited about the pros rather than the cons for the army to get to see, you know, for the, the veterans and, and the active members to get to see that amazing facility and get to play like video games with some of the guys that they look up to um, and, and be in that, that mind gym and, and get like, you know, some cool mental things that they can do uh for scenarios for them so i think that was a good aspect but like you mentioned it was just like the partnership is so random it's just you're just like
2: why but yeah so what I, I definitely like seems... everything
0: about it except the motivation behind it it's kind of where i think a lot of us lies like the program uh, the idea of it isn't bad but what they hope to gain out of it is yeah. Is that kind of where you stand, Dylan? Like you're not against the actual event. The actual event yeah. isn't bad. It's what they want that event well,
2: to be. Well, I don't know. I mean, the the act like the idea of like glorifying like the, the that type of culture, I definitely don't like. Um, but what this seems like to me is that the program itself internally is, you know, trying to do a really good thing. They were like, Hey, let's try to get some of um, you know, some, some of these soldiers out to complexity so they can see the you know, these these uh esports athletes. That'd be really good for them. And then probably someone in the higher end was like, how can we turn this into propaganda, though? Like, that's what it seems like to me, is that internally the program was probably like, let's just do this thing because, people, you know, the soldiers really like it. But on the back end, they're like, all right, well, we need to make sure this is, like, financially viable to us. We need to make sure we're going to get our, our ROI on this. And to them, that was the spinning it into this weird recruitment thing.
0: That makes, that makes sense. But it's... Yeah, I think we're all kind of in the middle ground. I think Dylan's a little more tired to back back, but I'm I'm really in the middle ground about that because like you said, there was a good idea that people wanted to get something good out of this and they turned it into something else. So, I mean, anything else on this topic or anything else that you guys kinda came up with um kind of touching back on anything or kinda little tangents that we wanna go back and touch on?
1: Uh no. I was glad I learned something about magic today, though. I so know. I,
0: I'm actually, I'm a little happy with the magic section, too. Yeah. I think that was one of our longest topics
1: today, and I, I used try to push through that as fast as possible. I think, net, I think I watched a Netflix documentary on that. On the Netflix, uh, they, I think they had a, like, a, a documentary on, it's probably like five or six years ago, I think. It's like an older one, but I watched the whole thing, and I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, the community just looks so tight-knit, and it looked... Um, it, like you said it was just totally diverse like everyone was completely different which was awesome to see and to see it so close-knit was was really cool yeah compared yeah. to like
2: a community like league where it's like super toxic so, so, yeah, yeah, i mean don't very- wait don't get me wrong like the magic community is very toxic <laughs> uh, there is a huge of people are very toxic but there's yeah. a lot of really good members in the community and if you want more magic to the gathering on netflix there's gonna be a tv show coming out pretty soon that's gonna deal with the lore of magic the gathering oh, I
0: oh nice that. it's the gonna the be like, a, like an that.
2: animated or yes and it's and oh i, I did fer- see that that's i right. forget the company that's doing it but it's like a really big deal like yeah. like company that's doing it like uh that's doing the animation so it's gonna be it's gonna be good
0: that'll be interesting but for the rest of this episode i want to kind of turn the conversation towards you drew and just kind of Talk to you a little bit about what you're doing and kind of what you think really needs to kind of be fixed from your kind of perspective on a lot of esports and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, you're a chiropractor, you focus much more on trying to make people better, really, and all that kind of stuff. And what and you're obviously been a gamer forever. And I guess I didn't really come up with the question, but I wanted the conversation to kind of flow wherever kind of naturally flowed and dylan if you do have any questions feel free to pop in at any time but what do you think i mean gamers are unknown are commonly known for being unhealthy and not in the greatest shape and all that yeah. kind of stuff and is that really what think is that what made you want to try to combine the two is that you think that there's a big need that chiropractors and doctors like that need to get more involved in esports and kind of turn that around and that there's an opportunity for that or is it really that you just wanted to combine your two passions
1: I think it's a combo of both. Like like you said, I started gaming on regular Nintendo when I was little with Duck Hunt and Chippendale Rescue Rangers was oh my god. And Ninja Turtles, like I I've been playing video games like my whole life and you know, in college I played a lot of competitive Halo and we would just be we would just be like trash human beings. I mean we would drink Mountain Dew all day and you know you would go get Taco Bell and then you'd put in like a five hour session. Of Halo, we played a lot of Halo One, Halo Three, so I definitely am super familiar with that culture and how you know gaming um, does kind of get a bad rap for that, and to some degree, it's warranted, right? But I think you know you've seen a trend lately where a lot of you know streamers are they're streaming and they're going to the gym, they're streaming go to the gym, and I think the culture is changing, which is really good. From the Doritos, Mountain Dew, Surge, Red Bull days, right? But I think there's a definite need because there's a lot of people that, you know, don't know. And even not even in gaming culture, like I think a lot of people don't know how to, um, like, what should I do if I want to be a little more active? What should I do if my wrist is killing me and I'm still playing, you know? So I wanted to combine those two, but I also wanted to, like I said, have a resource where if you have that question, you can go look it up. And it's there, um, and I was really new to the blog scene. So, like my first, the first rendition of my website looked like a third grader did it. It was bad, <laughs> right? So, I I've progressed in my writing and progressed, and I revamped the site I think like two three months ago. Um, so I, I wanted to make it easier for everyone as well. So, let's see. Long story short, I think you know there's a huge there's a huge need for that, um, and it, with even esports we're seeing progressing to regular sports traditional sports and you need to have that backing for athletes and if you don't you know your team's not going to succeed so i think there's a there's the general community needs it but also the competitive esports community needs it as well because they're coming out of that community and still some people have no clue what to do so
0: and I think, um, I, if, I, if this wasn't you, I'm very sorry, but I'm pretty sure I saw on Twitter that you said you are working a little bit with uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers um, 2K team, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so what are you I've doing kind of with, with them? And
0: obviously they see the need for yeah. this.
1: So I've, I started working with University of Akron. They have a really big, uh, they're probably like 45 minutes away from me. They have a really big Rocket League team, League of Legends team. So I started working with those guys. Um, and I've worked, I started working with, cleveland state's esports program which is slowly getting up and running their league of legends team um but then i i've been talking to the Cavs for probably two months three months and finally started working on those guys probably three or four weeks ago um awesome. yeah it was awesome like their facility is right on the lake it's a typical like old school cleveland building with brick everywhere right and um and like a mechanical but it overlooks the lake and there's just tons of tech and you know Beautiful monitors and everything in there. So it's really cool to see and I didn't even know about 2k Like I played a little bit and I had never watched it. So uh, But it's five on five, right? And so they have tournaments. They just finished a huge tournament in Orlando Um, So I go in weekly work on those guys There's I mean it's a lot of and it's a lot of difference between PC and console gaming right as far as injuries Yeah so console and I, I play a lot of console where you're bent forward in that terrible position like this right and so your backs killing you, your neck's killing you but your wrists and hands are all right because it's in a pretty neutral position yeah. but like pc is a lot of hand and wrist issues like if you play a lot of pc you know like you get the tingling the numbness and i've worked on some players that i mean they will go i mean they can barely push open a door without it just the numbness just radiating down and so it's it's terrible so um working with the calves is a totally different animal with the, with the league of legends guys and the Cavs. it's just been so fun like to be in that facility and be around esports players and you know to have such a good reception and watch them get better it it's been a really fun experience and yeah it's that's awesome i'm yeah, pretty it's happy
0: cool and then dylan i have one more question then if you want to ask anything you can't notice i saw we had one in the chat. Um, but um... So when, you're, when you say you're working with them, are you coming in and just kind of doing corrections and stuff as like the actual chiropractor? Are you going in and teaching them different stretches and stuff like that? Like when you say working with them, what are you actually doing with them? Are you teaching them how to improve it? Or are you actually just kind of helping make them feel better?
1: So it's an it's kind of like a bunch of different approaches. There's an ergonomic approach um, where, you, you know, you need to set up – you know, and I can go on on for like hours onto like you know the chair setup and everything, but it's like just doing little corrections um, that can really help you out when you're in that position for a long time. Because you got to think about it, like when you put in a session, like you're in there for three, four hours, right? And if you're in a trash position, you're gonna feel like trash afterwards. Like when I was when I was younger, I didn't feel like that, but like now I'll play like two hours, three hours of PUBG, and my neck will just kill me. So it's getting that ergonomic aspect. Uh, For each because every player is different every game is different every platform is different so it's kind of like tailoring it to the players but it's also like showing exercises stretches you can do in between games taking breaks um, and then doing like the manual therapy and then the chiropractor like the pops and all that fun stuff that everyone knows chiropractors for Um, but I I do a lot of taping as well uh, like kinesio taping uh you probably seen on athletes it's kind of like a yeah. colored tape that kind of holds everything that you've seen a lot of volleyball players and nba players so it's a ton of stuff like it's ergonomics exercise the treatment the manual therapy and the taping and then just like kind of advice like hey you should you need to strengthen this aspect to have more endurance in your hand so you can play more because you know you probably played where you've played for like An hour or so, and you're like, man, my hands kill me. Well, then you're clicking. Your clicking's off. Your shooting's off. Everything's off. So, if you can build that endurance up and not have that, especially as a pro player, you're gonna do better. You're gonna make more money. You're gonna have more sponsorships. You know, it's kind of a snowball effect. Like, you want to be the the best you can be, and to do that, you got to kind of train your body just
2: like a normal athlete.
1: Yeah.
0: Dylan, do you have any questions?
2: Yeah, I have a couple actually. So. I've heard this meme go around all the time. I need to know if it's true. Is sitting the new smoking? Is that a, is that is that true? Does that have any validity? Is sitting really that bad? So,
1: so I take the approach that, yeah, you know, I don't think sitting is the new smoking. I think like being sedentary and just you know not doing anything is the new smoking because it can increase your risk of. Cardiovascular disease. I think the other one, like a couple of numbers were increased risk in colon cancer, stuff like that. Because as you guys know, like as you game, you kind of, you know, you're not getting up, you're not moving, and you're not sometimes eating healthy, you're grabbing like a quick snack or something like that. So I think sitting is new smoking is just like the catchphrase where everyone can have a huge look at this, you should never sit again. And then so I'll have patients in my practice that'll be like i got a standing desk my back still hurts i said well yeah because you know standing's not that much better than sitting right like if you stand for eight hours your back's gonna hate you right and so if you sit for eight hours your back's still gonna hate you so i always i tell people that you know i think the ideal is like a sit to stand desk where you're kind of doing it, going in between the positions, but always moving positions. Because if you sit for a long time or stand for a long time in a certain position, those muscles get tight, right? Those muscles start getting tighter and tighter. The joints start getting achy, compressed, you start losing circulation, stuff like that. So yes, to answer the meme. no. (laughs)
2: uh,
1: I think, yeah, I think, you know, you gotta be moving, you know, and and if you're moving, you you know, uh, my old saying is if you're moving your body's happy right if you sit in a movie theater for too long and your knee gets crampy and you move it you're like my god that feels amazing right so it's the same thing you just keep moving yeah
2: okay and then i guess the next question i have is what is like the ideal snack for for gamers like if you're trying to eat something you're trying you're sitting at your computer Obviously, getting up and stretching out a bit between games and stuff. Obviously, yeah. um, but if you're sitting, you're you're snacking a little bit. What like what, what what's a good snack? Uh,
1: so like, like cashews, almonds, stuff like that, blueberries. Um, you know, old school like peanut butter on a celery, peanut butter and apple. That's what I always like. Um, something that you know gives you like a mixture of the energy because you're gonna get like that and the banana is going to give you like a little quicker energy where the peanut butter is going to be like a longer lasting or like the, the nut-based stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I always say as long as it has pretty natural and you get it from the stuff on the outside of the grocery store and it's got some color, probably good. Like you can go in depth and you can, you know, I'm not a nutritionist and I'm sure some nutritionists to me, just roast me for something. But, <laughs> you know, if you, I mean, it's just common sense. Like if you can go the outer ring of the grocery store have some color be good
2: all right awesome and i guess the the last um the last question i have i had a question might have forgotten it but <laughs> what is your drink of choice for like energy i i saw you drinking something earlier and i just want to oh. confirm it it's bubbly. Absolutely. That's what I wanted oh, to see gosh. right there. I'm a big fan I'm, of bubbly. We have, all, we have LaCroix some Squish. fans in the yeah, we have some fans in the chat who are big fans of bubbly as well. Oof. Um it's a very good drink. Yeah.
1: My wife got me turned on to it because I used to be a lot LaCroix, and then we did Soda Stream, but it doesn't taste as good, which sucks. I was like, I'm gonna get Soda Stream save so much money, right? And then you're like, bubbly tastes so much better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so mostly- what's your favorite
1: flavor? What's My favorite flavor?
2: flavor is, I mean, I'm always a fan of the classic lime. I think lime is is super solid. Um, but I've heard that pineapple is supposed to be pretty good. Shout out to PVA Radio because they recommended the pineapple.
1: Oh, I need to try that. We have mango. It's a huge mango fan. We can have mango flavored chalk, and I think she'd be like, you know, we need to get that mango chalk.
2: It's gonna taste pretty good, I bet.
1: So, <laughs> um, but I orange is really good too. Uh, do they have a grapefruit one?
2: I don't know. I haven't had grapefruit one. I, I've grapefruit's very hit and miss for me. Cause what's the what's the
1: LaCroix version of grapefruit? It's like popple moose or something or
2: I have no idea. I would it's, assume it but, would just be grapefruit, right? No,
1: it's not. It's like it's like a crazy name. I'm not joking. It's like a it's I swear it's like popple moose or something like that.
2: What's
0: fascinating as i think a lot of people <laughs> are enjoying talking about flavors of sparkling water i think we should save that for the boat show because we do have one more question from chat and that's going to be one of the best back exercises to do following a long session of be hard carrying my teammates
1: are you really hard carrying are you trying to depress yeah. us
0: step number <laughs> no, one no, is um, asking that question are you just pretending yeah. or are you actually hard carrying
1: but so i have i have this on my blog plug but, um, so for the back stuff, it's depends on what you're playing, right? I think if you're, you know, if you're playing console and in the terrible console position where you're bent forward, like I usually am, or if you're in a position slightly reclined back, like in PC, it's dependent on that. But it's also dependent on what you, like what your weakest end, because everyone's different as far as like, some people have really good rotational stability, some people have really terrible rotational stability. Some people have really weak glutes. A lot of people have really weak glutes, but um, some people have tight hamstrings. So it's it's not like a catch-all, but I think the big thing is getting um, getting motion in there and getting some rotational stability is huge. So a lot of people just go to the tried and true plank, which is great, like high plank, low plank. Uh, but there's a really good thing called the supine plank where it's the complete opposite. And it looks really weird when you do it, but it helps strengthen that entire posterior chain that's usually pretty weak on a lot of people. So I think like a supine plank is really good. A high plank with some rotational stability, like the T stretches you've probably seen. Um, I think those are two really good ones. And then just for general mobility, it's called cat-camel or cat-cow, which is another really weird one that you're probably not going to be doing in public, but it's really good. So, and again, I you can think... find
0: all that information and more on forthewellnessblog.com, correct? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, you can definitely go and check that out there and read about that article because that's a lot and I didn't understand some of it. So, I definitely <laughs> recommend just going and checking that out. There's a lot of so,
1: pictures. There's a lot yeah, of pictures.
0: Definitely. Yeah. But um, outside of for, yeah, so forthewellnessblog.com, and then where else can they find you? I think we kind of start wrapping up the show a little over an hour or so. Where else can they find you outside of just the website?
1: So the website, oh, I'm obviously, like we talked about earlier, I'm on like Twitter. I do a lot of work on starting to pick up more on Twitter. Uh, I do a little bit on uh, Instagram. I do a lot on LinkedIn, actually. I really enjoy being on LinkedIn because it's, it's more of like a work environment. and It's not it's not toxic sometimes. Yeah. It's just nice. <laughs> People are on there to work, which is really nice to see. Um, but Twitter, LinkedIn, um, my practice is uh, in Cleveland, um, and then also anyone in the Cleveland area watching, I will be I'm doing a presentation for Healthy Gaming for Kids Saturday. Uh, awesome. 22nd. Yeah, 22nd at one of the, uh, the big eSport um, like land centers here in Cleveland called One Life to Play. Um, and then we'll be on the radio tomorrow.
0: Oh, that's well. super cool yeah so if you cool. put it on twitter or anything yeah. we'll definitely um retweet that and all that kind of stuff because that's really <laughs> two really cool things coming up there but yeah thank you again so much yeah. for coming on it was super cool having you on it's really nice to have you doing all your research, really nice have you all your research and have opinions if you're not super interested <laughs> great having you on and talking a little bit about that so thank you so much for coming on
1: yeah no problem it was it was really fun i enjoyed talking about esports and gaming in general so it was it was really a really fun experience it was yeah. good
0: Awesome. So, yeah, so again, thank you everyone that tuned in to, for listening on podcast services, watching on YouTube, interacting with us and chat and all that. So, thank you all so much for every single one of you. Um, really, any interaction means, whether it's following a subscription on Twitch, um, liking our YouTube videos, anything on social media, anything means the world to us. So, please go and interact with us with whatever way you find most um, enjoyable. And let us know what you think of the show. Give us a five star uh, review and let us know what you really like, what you don't like. And we want to make this content for you. Well, let us know what you do and do not enjoy every week in Project East.
2: Hey, Andrew. What? you know we go live every single Monday? I'm talking every single Monday. We've been live through thick, through thin, through Andrew leaving us, through my, my, my scuffed half episodes. We always go live on twitch.tv slash popped underscore off every single Monday at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. Right here. Again, that is twitch.tv slash popped underscore off. Uh, if you missed the live show, that's okay because we put all the vods up on YouTube. Please search our YouTube. Just search "popped off project esports." Please subscribe. We're trying to get that custom URL. Um, but if you want to listen to the best version, my favorite version, that's the podcast version. We're on all the podcast platforms. Anyone that you like to go to to get your 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 podcast, we're on it. Search iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of them. We're on it.
0: We'll catch on to this very quickly. I did not prepare you for this at all, but i am andrew
2: i'm dylan and i am drew
0: and thank you for watching the project <laughs> esports podcast we will see you guys all next week on twitch.tv slash pop underscore off and as always make sure to check off popoff.com for all of our other esports and video game related content thank you all so much for tuning in or listening we'll see you guys next time